Welcome to East Texas News Roundup for the week ending August the 22nd, 2019. East Texas News Roundup is a weekly review of the news in five southeast Texas counties covered by Polk County Publishing Company newspapers, including Tyler, Polk, Trinity, San Jacinto, and Houston counties by the editors of those five newspapers. Polk County Publishing Company web manager Jim Powers kicks off this week's podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Jim Powers filling in this week for Chris Edwards and bringing you some stories from the Tyler County Booster newspaper, the Thursday, August the 22nd issue. Our top story was this burger man dead following stabbing. A man is in jail facing a first-degree murder charge and his grandfather dead from a stabbing following an incident in Spurger which occurred during the weekend. According to Tyler County Sheriff Brian Weatherford, deputies were dispatched to a resident in the Spurger area on Saturday at approximately 8 p.m. The call was in deference to a stabbing. Deputies were advised the victim, identified by the caller as Ernest Sims, was being transported to the hospital by personal vehicle, Weatherford said. The caller also told TCSO dispatch that it was un known if Robert Thomas Sims, 19, of Sperger, was still on the scene. The caller identified Robert Sims as the actor in the incident, according to Weatherford. When deputies arrived at the residence and secured the scene, they were able to locate Robert Sims at a nearby residence. He was detained pending the investigation and, according to Weatherford, appeared to the deputies to be under the influence of alcohol. Investigators spoke with witnesses on the scene and were able to determine that Robert Sims had left the residence following a physical altercation with his brother. Ernest Sims, their grandfather, intervened. According to eyewitness accounts, Robert Sims returned to the residence in a short time later and attacked his grandfather with a knife. According to Weatherford, Ernest Sims sustained multiple stab wounds to his upper torso and neck and was listed in critical condition upon his arrival at the hospital. He later died from his injuries. Robert Sims was placed under arrest and charged with first-degree murder with a bond of $200,000 set by Precinct 4 Justice of the Peace Jim Moore. He is currently in the custody of the Tyler County Jail. Next up, commissioners vote to move office. Tyler County Judge Jock Blanchett called an emergency meeting of the county commissioner's court last Tuesday to vote on one single pressing item. The single item agenda called for the officials to consider the necessary steps to determine the immediate needs of several county offices located within the Tyler County Annex building on West Bluff Street. The interior recently sustained water damage due to a water heater bursting and flooding the building. The offices affected by the water leak are the Office of the Tax Assessor Collector, the Department of Public Safety Driver's License Office, and State Representative James White's office. Commissioners voted to move the Tax Assessor Collector's Office to 203 North Charlton in Woodville, where the County Probation Office is located. The hours for the tax office at its temporary location are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., and the phone number is 409-283-2734. The new temporary location for White's office will be announced as soon as it is finalized, and the DPS license office will take a little longer, according to Precinct 1 Commissioner Martin Nash. An announcement from the county offices posted on the county's website states that it will advise residents of the annexes reopening as soon as cleanup efforts are through and the building is able to be reopened. The closure affects the following services, tax payments, TXDMV, Texas Parks and Wildlife Transactions, as well as driver's license, renewals, and testing. The county apologizes for any inconvenience. Also in this week's booster, a fallen tree causes multiple vehicle crash. 
A motorist was able to escape a fiery crash in a multiple vehicle accident on Thursday near Woodville, an accident caused by a fallen tree in the roadway. According to Sergeant Stephanie Davis with the Texas Department of Public Safety, troopers responded to the crash, which happened just north of Woodville at approximately 12.15 a.m. The preliminary crash investigation indicates that a 2007 Chevrolet Impala was traveling northbound on U.S. Highway 69, followed by three other vehicles. The driver of the Impala, who was identified as Ramona Howell, 63 of Huntington, struck a large tree which had fallen across the road. The impact caused the vehicle to spin counterclockwise and strike the tree a second time with the rear end of the vehicle. The three vehicles behind Howell also struck the tree, and within minutes of the first collision, the Impala was engulfed in flames. Howell fortunately was able to escape the car before it was fully engulfed. She was transported to Tyler County Hospital with minor injuries, and there are no other injuries that were reported in the crash. And finally this week, from the pages of the Booster, we have a good news story. Tyler County school districts received passing grades. The five school districts in Tyler County received accountability ratings for the year 2019, and each of them earned passing marks. Texas Education Agency released its academic accountability ratings last Thursday for school districts and individual campuses throughout the state. The system, which uses a series of letter grades A through F like you would receive on a report card, was first implemented in 2018. It is based primarily on standardized testing results from students in grades 3 through 12 throughout the 2018-2019 academic year. The ratings examine student achievement, student progress, efforts to close the achievement gap, and post-secondary readiness, according to the TEA's accountability website. Overall district performance for Tyler County Schools was as followed. Coleman Hill, Warren, and Woodville Independent School Districts each received a grade of B overall. Chester ISD received a C and Sperger a D. Warren and Woodville both improved from last year's scores by a whole letter grade. This is the first year since the system was implemented that the individual campuses were awarded letter grades. Looks like good news for the schools. There's more details on this. If you want a breakdown, just check out this week's booster and all the details are in there. I hope everyone has a good weekend and we'll see you next week. Good morning, Polk County. This is Kelly Barnes and I'm coming to you from the Polk County Enterprise. I'm looking at the papers this week and I see there's several reasons to buy a paper. Reason number one, if you're interested in voting on the best of Polk County, there's a ballot in every issue of the paper for the next few more weeks, and you can just go through there and decide what it is that you like about Polk County, maybe your favorite place to go get your nails done, your favorite place to service your car, your favorite place to go out to eat, your favorite doctor, your favorite school teacher. There's even some categories in there about students and sports, athletes, musicians. Favorite place to go on a first date. It's kind of a fun contest of sorts. But more than that, it is really recognizing and highlighting all the businesses in Polk County. There's a lot of businesses, and there'll be a first, second, and third in each category, and it's something to look forward to, something to brag about, something that visitors to our area can see and know that the people in this county support this business. So we encourage you to fill out these ballots and bring them in. I personally am in charge of the vote count, and I'm being very careful with that, and you can trust that your votes are being counted correctly. Another thing that's in the paper, every month we have an American Profile, which is a little mini-magazine inside of our paper, and I'm looking at the August 
2019 issue, and it says, Savor summer. Make the most of the season's best flavors with these irresistible recipes. So if you like recipes, and especially seasonal recipes, I definitely encourage you to grab a Sunday, August 18th issue of the paper, because that's the one that has the American profile this month. There's two good reasons right there to buy the paper. The Alabama Cushata Tribe of Texas has an article on the front page of the paper on the Sunday issue, and I'm reading a quote from Representative Brian Babin, who says, I'm proud to have sponsored this piece of legislation that will put to rest years of uncertainty and turmoil experienced by the Alabama Cushata Indian Tribe of Texas. And the headline is that the battle isn't over. Tribal gaming bill is halfway to its goal. So I know that the tribe is excited about how far it's come, and they appreciate appreciate the support of James White, Representative Babin, but they want to make sure the community knows that they're not there yet and they still need your support. And you can read that article in the paper. Polk County schools meet all of the 2019 accountability standards. That's good news. It looks like a former coach was jailed in Lufkin for harassment, ongoing threatening communications to current and former Livingston ISD staff members prompted the arrest of Nalisa G. Cockrell age 59 of Lufkin for two harassment charges. And the records show that Cockrell was charged with terroristic threat against a public servant and repeated harassment by electronic communications. She was released Friday afternoon on bail, totaling $3,000. There's more information here. But she worked at Livingston Junior High from August 2015 to December 2016. And we have some first day of school photos here in the paper. And schools are open in Corrigan, Livingston, Big Sandy, and Goodrich last week. And they open in Onalaska. And Leggett, that was this Monday, so all the schools are open now in Polk County. All the summer reader program from Livingston Municipal Library. Ranger Joel from the Livingston State Park presented a program on the birth, life, and death of a star as part of the Livingston Summer Reading Program. And the theme for this year was A Universe of Stories in honor of the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing. I personally have kind of gotten into the stars. I have a new app on my phone phone where I can see where all the planets and the moon are at any given time and all the space junk. It's pretty impressive, but Apollo landed on the moon the year I was born. And so it was really a fun year, the 50th, for me and for the moon landing. There is notices in the paper, in all of our papers in the counties, of the different proposed property tax rates, etc. So stay informed about these things. It tells you of the dates of the meetings, and it gives you the proposed tax rates and They're in every paper. There's public meeting notices for budgets, and you can really keep up with that. We have a story here about unemployment rates posted for East Texas counties, and I'm looking at the unemployment rates for our counties. I'm just going to call these out to you because it's pretty interesting. Polk County is 5%. San Jacinto County is 4.9%. Trinity County is 4.8%, and Tyler County is 6.2%. So Tyler County is up there a little bit higher, but not as high as Jasper and Jefferson counties. And Houston County is 3.5%. That's interesting. So looks like our group of newspapers, uh, Houston County has the lowest unemployment rate. Oh, good. There's a back-to-school safety lessons, one, two, three, and four in the Sunday issue of the paper. So it talks about reminding people about safety when the children are getting on and off the bus and how we all, as a community, need to slow down and pay attention to the buses, to the children, to the sidewalks, to the school zones, etc. 
Preparing for the 2019 season, Livingston football traveled to Cleveland for a scrimmage with the Indians Friday night, this past Friday night. Their first of two, Lions coach Finnis Vanover was impressed with the effort of all three of his teams, freshman, junior varsity, and varsity. And it looks like he said, if they get some time, we've got some fine backs that can make some plays. I am tickled to death with the total overall performance tonight compared to last year. That's a quote from the coach. And so you can follow Brian Besh. He will be in charge of the sports coverage for all of our schools here in the county. And you will see some other familiar writers. I think Albert Trevino is helping us again this year, probably with Corrigan Sports. And we have some students that will be helping with some of the smaller schools. And so just keep an eye out for the sports pages and also our sports podcast that comes out a couple of times a month. The Lion Roar is in the paper. That's just information straight from Livingston Island. ISD that you can keep up with. And again, don't forget about the notices. There's water district notices. Even the East Texas Telephone Cooperative have notices. This is the time of year when the law requires that they keep you informed in print. And our community newspaper is considered something that the whole community can find and have easy access to so that you can be an informed citizen. Take advantage of that. There was a manhunt for two escaped prisoners, and there was a big search, and apparently they were found in Shepherd. And I'll just read you this first paragraph so that you can hear it's a story by Valerie Riddell, our news director for Polk County Publishing Company. A multi-agency manhunt came to an end in the Cherry Creek area of Shepherd at about 3.30 on Tuesday when alert residents spotted two men in the tree line who resembled the two escapees from Liberty County Jail. And we had posted the information right when they escaped. They had ties to the Beaumont area, and we shared it on all of our Facebook pages in our five counties. And Shepherd residents spotted the men, and they were captured. So great work. The Texas Rangers joined the search as well as the TDCJ tracking dogs, and at 5 p.m. they were en route back to the Liberty County Jail. The city is keeping a watchful eye on the remodeling of the church's chicken, and you may recall that it was involved in a floor collapse and closed down a while back. We had news stories on that, and now they're redoing that store, and it's set to be open. As a matter of fact, city officials are scrutinizing the extensive remodeling at church's chicken, and this again is on South Washington and Abbey Street in Livingston. And City Manager Bill Wiggins reported during last week's City Council meeting that he and three inspectors watched as 14 cement truck loads of concrete recently were poured into the void under the building. So they're making sure that this building will be safe, a safe place to work, and then also for those of us who want to go eat there. Okay, The Last Chief, an exhibit featuring the life of famed Comanche Chief Quanah Parker will open Thursday, September 5th at a reception at the Polk County Memorial Museum in Livingston. The reception will be from 5 to 7 p.m. and the exhibit will be at the museum until October 26. So the SBCA is seeking support from the business community. Local business owners are being asked for support of SBCA becoming a shelter buddy. According to the SBCA Executive Director Carl, Carl Ferens, owners who join the program will not only be promoting their business, but will help save the life of abandoned pets. And we here at Polk County Enterprise definitely support the SPCA, and we bring you these stories and every issue we run two pets for adoption. So if you are looking for a pet for your family, your home, I encourage you to look at those pets that need to be adopted.
Stephen F. Austin State University is bringing performers from around the world with recent performances like the Moscow Ballet's Nutcracker, the High Energy Dancing and Step Africa, and popular holiday shows by the Annie Moses Band and Daly and Vincent. It's no wonder the audiences attending the university series and encore events presented by the College of Fine Arts at Stephen F. Austin State University continues to grow. And in 2019-2020, this brings another versatile and exciting lineup of shows. And here in the paper, there's a listing of all the shows that will be offered at Stephen F. Austin State University. And you you can't say there's nothing to do in our region. There is an abundance of things to do, and taking advantage of these shows provided by our colleges and universities in the area is a good idea. Okay, we have a story in here about Sam Rayburn Guy discussing high-tech bass fishing, and I did see that it is time to start purchasing your hunting and fishing license. I watch a show on TV of game wardens who arrest people all the time for not having their license, and we certainly want to encourage all of you to hunt and fish, but do it right. And there are licenses involved. They do not cost a whole lot of money. It's just something that you need to put on the list. We need to get down to wherever you want to buy licenses. I know they offer them at Walmart, but there's other places around the county. Okay, the Lady Lions have had some action. It's according to sports editor Brian Besh, they're gaining non-district experience. So they're getting ready. And then we have a story here. Oh, I told you Albert Trevino was going to be helping us out. And here he is. The Corrigan Camden Lady Bulldogs struggled late in a 3-2 loss against Shepherd Lady Pirates on Tuesday. Although the Lady Dogs defeated Shepherd to help earn the third place spot, the Groveton Tournament over the weekend, the bench players could not fight off the Lady Pirates from stealing the advantage in the final two sets of Tuesday's game. So thank you, Albert Trevino, for covering this for us. We've got a little bit of action in Groveton, and we've got Corrigan, and we've got Shepherd, and all of that is being recorded here in the pages of the Polk County Enterprise through the volleyball season and the football season. So keep an eye on that. Polk County Publishing Print Shop is open for business and Jessica here at the Enterprise can help you with anything you need. And all of you in the listening area of this podcast, please call 936-327-4357. Push the button for the print shop. Speak with Jessica and she can help you with pretty much anything you can imagine. There is a kitty named Elliot and a dog named Sahara that are waiting to be adopted right now at the SPCA. And one more final article I wanted to point out to you. There's a story here from College Station about the horsefly population being higher than normal and hard to control. So there are control options that are listed here, and we encourage you to take a look at this article from the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service. And thank you so much for listening. Hey folks, this is Valerie with the San Jacinto News Times, and I wanted to give you a couple of details about things going on. First, I'm going to jump across the river and talk about Polk County for a minute. We had a home invasion robbery in the Oak Forest subdivision. A teenage male walked into a woman's home at about 3 a.m. He apparently acquired a knife in the home and used that to threaten her. She had two small children in the house. And the suspect spent about three hours assaulting this woman and threatening her kids. At about seven o'clock, he decided he wanted her to take him to the ATM and withdraw money. So she was just kudos to this very brave woman because she was able to load her children in the car. And then while the suspect was a little bit distracted, she jumped in the car herself and escaped with this teenager running after her. 
Now, meanwhile, his parents had reported him as a runaway on the 16th. And so as Livingston police are looking for the suspect in this case, this young man's parents call and say he has returned home. So officers went there and interviewed him and found evidence from the home on this suspect and found evidence of that suspect in the home. We're not naming him now because he is still considered a juvenile. Lieutenant Matt Paris says that there may be an effort to certify this young man as an adult. He was already on juvenile probation at the time of this horrible incident, so that just steps it up one more label. He is in custody at the Juvenile Detention Center, so he's not in Polk County or at a public school. Moving over to San Jacinto County. San Jacinto County had plenty of excitement on its own. Two men escaped from the Liberty County Jail and somehow made their way to Shepherd. They may have even made it as far as Montgomery County. Someone at a convenience store in Montgomery County found a distinctive crock that resembles the ones the inmates in the Liberty County Jail where that does appear to be someone on the outside helping Chance Hunt and Clay Harvey make their way out of the jail. We have not heard yet how they got outside their cell, but that's kind of a fairly routine thing that inmates do get out of their cell and move around. But when they got to the outside of the facility, there was a cut in the fence and they made their exit through that area. They were discovered missing at 6 a.m. Tuesday, but security officers had logged them in at four, so they went missing somehow in that two-hour window. We put out an alert on all of our news channels. Uh, Houston television stations were broadcasted the pictures of these two men, and since they made the choice to stay together, a resident in Shepherd saw two men that matched their description in the wood line near his house on Kathy Street in Shepherd. So he called 911. The cavalry came, Sheriff Greg Capers, several sheriff's deputies, Precinct 3 Constable Sam Houston, Precinct 4 Constable Alvin Wyatt, the Texas Rangers and Liberty County officers just flooded that area. They were able to find those guys in a wooded area nearby. A San Jacinto County deputy detained one of them, and a Liberty County canine officer captured the other one. And I will post pictures on the Sanjak website of these men when they were captured, because whoever was helping them did not get the proper size clothes for these guys. So they're running down the street, and one of them was just in jeans and his large amount of tattoos on his chest. The other one had on a t-shirt and shorts that he he could neither button nor zip. So just use your imagination about what happens when this guy went running down the street and you'll be pretty accurate. Detective Sharpen also told me about a domestic violence case that they work in San Jacinto County this week. On August the 14th, they called EMS to a home on Parker Street in Cold Spring because a domestic argument had escalated when a woman took boiling grease from the stove and poured it on her partner. He has pretty extensive blisters and wounds. They said some of them are the size of softballs on his back and head, according to Detective Gary Sharpen. And he was taken to an area hospital for treatment for his burns. And I do believe he has been arrested. Calandra, I believe that's how you pronounce her name. If not, I'm sorry. Calandra Johnson of Cold Spring has been arrested and charged with aggravated assault causing serious bodily injuries. Her bail was set at $20,000. In this week's paper, we've got the lowdown on a visit from Kevin Brady and 
some photographs from our ace photographer, Charlie Ballard. Charlie also made it over to the 149th birthday party for San Jacinto County, and he's got some great shots of folks who attended that and got some birthday cake. All in all, it's been a really busy week. Check out the chamber column, Did You Know? Yvonne Cones has all kinds of details about stuff going on around the county. She's always the woman to talk to about where to go and what to do. So y'all be safe, stay cool, and we'll see you next week. Hello, Houston County. This is Tony at the Houston County Courier. This week has been a busy one at our office. It seems that summer vacation is over and everyone is returning to normal routines. I would like to remind everyone that our annual football contest has started with the August 22nd paper. Look at page 7B for the local business supporters of our contest. Page 6B has the lineup of prizes given each week and the grand prizes. This page also has the contest entry form on it. Fill out the form with your best guess at who will win next week's football games. Entries must be turned in by Friday, August 30th at 5 p.m. Each week, the first winner will win a dinner at either Cattleman's Cafe or Stalwart Steakhouse. The second place winner will receive a free oil change from Cutshaw Chevrolet, and the third place winner will receive a gift card from Whataburger of Crockett. The person with the most points at the end of the 11-week season will win our tailgate package. That package includes a Cajun fryer from Consumers Alpine Gas and a few other goodies. The person with the second highest points will receive the Hunter's Widow Makeup Package. This package includes a dinner for two at Tata's Tex-Mess Restaurant and a one-night stay at the Crockett Holiday Inn. Thank you so much to all of our supporters of the football. During the month of August, the Courier prints many legal ads. These range from school ISD information to local government notices. Legal ads can also include notices from local entities looking for bids on projects or for used vehicles. This week, there's a notice of a sheriff's sale, vehicles up for bid, a citation by publication for a deceased person, several new ordinances for the city of Crockett, and a public hearing notice from the city of Crockett. The public hearing notice is also printed in Spanish. Anyone who has read the ordinances will know that the city of Crockett has amended their utility code and will be raising sewer meter fees. If you want to know what's happening in your local government, read the legal ads in addition to the front page. They are very informative and important. One more thing, we have an exciting announcement about our website, hccourier.com. We now have the Brookshire Brothers Weekly Circular available. Just click on the Brookshire Brother ad at the top of the page and you will be instantly redirected to the Brookshire Brothers sale page. Let us know if you are enjoying this option. Now, here is our news reporter, Alton Porter, with this week's front page news. Thank you, Tony. And again, hello, everyone. Before I get to some of our other news in this week's Houston County Courier, I need to touch on one event that occurred last week that we didn't get into last week's podcast. That is, U.S. Congressman Kevin Brady and Texas Congressman Trent Ashby were in Crockett for a luncheon Tuesday before last, August 13th. During the luncheon, Brady spoke on various issues and Ashby mingled with luncheon attendees. The main two issues Brady addressed were the proposed United States, Mexico, Canada, free trade agreement that is now before the U.S. Congress and his disdain for the Medicare for All proposals that are being touted by Democratic candidates for president in the upcoming 2020 election. In addition, Brady touched on the positive aspects of most of the most recent enacted tax reform law, the current jobs situation around and across America, rebuilding of the country's military, the proposed China tariffs, and other matters. 
He also answered questions from audience members about various issues, including other health care matters, social security for retired teachers, firefighters and police officers, gun control, the recent mass shootings in El Paso and Dayton, Ohio, and right to life. One of the questions Brady responded to was asked by Tony, our managing editor, about the alleged El Paso shooter's remark concerning the fact that he was aiming for Mexicans. Our coverage of the luncheon with Brady and Ashby was included in the Thursday, August 15th issue of The Courier. Now, moving on to some of the stories in the Thursday, August 22nd edition of The Courier. On the front page, our lead stories come from meetings held by the Crockett and Latexo Independent School Districts and the Houston County Commissioner's Court. In the Latexo ISD story, we give the details about the Board of Trustees setting of the district's 2019-2020 proposed budget and property tax rate at a meeting held Tuesday, August 13th. Latexo school officials project they will receive $5.4 million in revenue and that is enough to cover all planned expenses, according to Superintendent Michael Woodard. The trustees voted to lower the ad valorem tax rate seven cents from just over $1.20 per $100 of assessed property valuation last year to just under $1.13 per $100 of proposed value this year. The trustees are expected to approve the proposed budget and tax rate at a meeting Thursday, August 29th. See our full story about these and various other matters addressed by the Latexo School Board in the paper. This school year's first day of classes for Latexo students was Monday, August 19th. Now, our coverage of the Crockett ISD Board of Trustees Monday, August 19th meeting also leads with the board taking action on the district's budget and property tax rate. The CISD trustees took action adopting a $14 million budget for 2019-2020. In addition, the Crockett School District trustees adopted the district's ad valorem tax rate, reducing it seven cents from $1.25 per $100 of assessed property valuation last year to $1.18 per $100 of value this year. On an unrelated matter, during the CISD board meeting, the trustees commended Will Holcomb, a former Crockett student, and 2016 Class 3A state champion golfer for advancing high up in the 119th U.S. Amateur Championship Golf Tournament in Pinehurst, North Carolina, August 12th through 18th. Holcomb, a former Crockett High School golfer, advanced to the Final Four in the international competition last week. Uh, We include a photo of Holcomb competing in the tournament on the front page and Courier Sports Editor Larry Lamb's lead story from an interview he had with Holcomb about Holcomb's participation in the tournament appears on page 1B. Competing in the national spotlight is nothing new for Holcomb, who is a senior member of the Sam Houston State University golf team, Lamb reported. He, Holcomb, competed in the U.S. Junior Amateur Championship as a 17-year-old and has qualified for the U.S. Amateur Championship the past two years. See our complete story on these happenings, the CISD board meeting, and Holcomb's participation in the 119th U.S. Amateur Championship in the paper. By the way, the first day of classes for upcoming school year Crockett students will be this coming Monday, August 26. Next, fiscal year's proposed budget 
and property tax rate also were the main items on the agenda at the county commissioner's meeting Tuesday, August 20th. And we note that in our page one story about the meeting. The commissioners proposed ad valorem tax rate for the county is 54 cents per $100 of assessed property valuation the same as last year's rate. The commissioners held hearings on these matters, the budget and the tax rate at the meeting. They will vote to approve the fiscal year 2020 budget and property tax rate at a regular meeting scheduled Tuesday, September 10th, beginning at 10 a.m. And you can see our complete story in the paper. Now, finally, also on page one of this week's edition of The Courier is a photo and cut line from the recent Walk Across Texas athletic event that some Houston County residents participated in. The event was organized and coordinated by County Extension Agent Tasha Brent. Heads off to the winners of the eight-week event. Winners of the Capstone 5K Walk, Jog, Run was organized and coordinated by County Extension Agent Tasha Brent. Hats off to the winners of the eight-week event. Winners of the Capstone 5K Walk, Jog, Run held Saturday, August 17th were State Trooper Chris Nash, First place male, County Employee Maria Lopez, first place female, Minister David Ballou, first place person over 65 years of age, and Natalie Smith, first place youth. Winning teams that walked the most miles during the eight weeks were Crockett Firefighters, first place in the Battle of the Badge competition, Houston County Walkers, first place in the Summer Breeze Challenge, and Crockett Bank, first place in the Bank Challenge. That's all for now. For all the news on current goings-on in Houston County, see this week's paper. Until next week's podcast, take care and try to stay cool. This week in Trinity County, a trio of arrests were made on August 12th. The first arrest was committed by the Trinity Police Department, who arrested a suspect in possession of eight drugs. This suspect received six counts of possession of a dangerous drug and two counts of possession of a controlled substance. Later on, August 12th, Trinity County Sheriff's deputies observed a vehicle traveling southbound on State Highway 19 near the Trinity-Walker County line at speeds of 89 miles per hour. The sheriff's deputies were in hot pursuit of the vehicle and eventually caught up to it on FM 980 in Walker County, close to the Ellis unit. And the driver was arrested on a charge of evading arrest. And sheriff's deputies discovered that there was methamphetamines in the car. So both the driver and the passenger were arrested on possession of controlled substance charges. And we are now back in school. Groveton began school on August 12th. Apple Springs and Centerville began school on August 15th. And we have a few first day of school photos on the front page. Trinity will start school this Monday. And speaking of schools, all four of our school districts passed the STAR test for the 2018-2019 school year. Groveton, Apple Springs, and Centerville all received Bs. As a district, Groveton received an 89, Apple Springs an 88, and Centerville an 87. And Centerville was graded as 1K through 12 campus. Apple Springs has an elementary for K to 6 and a junior high high school for 7th through 12. And Groveton has the same form 
format, K through sixth for the elementary and seventh through 12th for the high school. Both Groveton campuses and both Apple Springs campuses passed as well with both Groveton campuses receiving Bs, Apple Springs High School receiving a B and Apple Springs Elementary receiving a C. Trinity ISD for the second year in a row also passed the STAR test. The district received a D. Lansbury Elementary School received a C. Trinity High School received a D but Trinity Middle School received an F. And measures are being taken to improve Trinity Middle School's score, according to Superintendent Dr. John Kaufman. And Congressman Kevin Brady, who is the congressman for Texas District 8, which Trinity County falls under, made a pair of visits to the city of Trinity last week. On August 12th, he hosted a breakfast at City Cafe in Trinity, which was heavily attended, and he spoke on several issues, including a new immigration bill signed by President Donald Trump and the Medicare for All bill, which is being heavily pushed by Democrats, and Brady behemothly opposes the measure. Brady returned to Trinity on August 13th to have a meeting with members of the Trinity Memorial Hospital District Board, and he once again spoke on what he views are the dangers of the Medicare for All bill. He spoke out against it, and he also spoke in favor of rural hospitals. And the Trinity County Commissioners determined that they will have just two meetings a month when the new fiscal year starts on October 1st. The county will go to meeting the second and fourth Tuesdays of each month. Commissioners also approved a measure for Trinity County and Lubbock County to work together on capital murder cases. This is the fourth year that the counties have decided to do this, and Trinity County has yet to have a capital murder case since this has happened. 